0: Then selected. Welcome to the Brian P Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P Swift. Good afternoon, this is Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. The Quadfather, and welcome to the All Things Inspirational show. I appreciate you being here on such a sunny day. I hope you get out sometime today to enjoy it. It looks beautiful out, and I will be outdoors doing my thing when I am finished with the show. So thank you. As you know, I like to start the show with a quote, and here we go. So the best way to treat obstacles is to use them as stepping stones laugh at them, tread on them, and let them lead you to something better. We all are going to have these speed bumps in life. We're going to have these obstacles. We're going to fall. We're going to get knocked down. And the key is getting back up. And getting back up is the key to life. Actually, my first book, Up, Getting Up is the Key to Life, you can find on Amazon, and it talks quite a bit about getting knocked down uh, in so many ways, uh, from a teenager to a Uh, A young man in every form and fashion. It will give you some insights and some ways to deal with getting knocked down and getting back up. So if you get a chance, go to Amazon and check it out. Again, it is up. Getting up is the key to life. So moving on, building blocks. We talked about stepping stones, stumbling blocks, but let's talk about building blocks of excellence. So In building your blocks of excellence, we do need to pay attention to the details. However, what we can't do is we can't get lost in the details because it's easy to get lost and get off track, right? So observing details can result in excellence. It can also result in wasting of time and resources. So the difference is really knowing which details matter and which details don't. And the same thing for information, because we live in such a world where we have information overload. And it's not just overload, it's, you know, what information do you trust? What information do you listen to? And I don't have a great answer for that. I grew up in a time when I had about 20 encyclopedia Britannicas sitting on a shelf and you took that as gospel. And then you went to the library and you figured out the Dewey Decimal System and you did your reports. And not once did anybody ever fact check the report or information that you did. Why? Because it was all reliable. Unfortunately, we don't live in that time. So if you're a business, if you're a real person answering the phone on the first ring, that's a detail that might matter. You know, the typeface you used. On a person's business card or letterhead, it's probably not a detail that you should lose sleep over. You know, planning a trip, uh, deepening a relationship, building a business, you know, life has many endeavors that involve these details. And dealing with those details can surely become overwhelming. So to ensure that that the ease of that burden and to ensure you don't get lost in this minutia of information. Remember to ask yourself this in the big picture, does it really matter or doesn't it? And you really got to have that big picture mentality, identify the details that matter and point all your energy in that direction. Apply your skills, apply your knowledge, apply your wisdom to those meaningful details that are the building blocks of excellence, and that's what I would recommend that you do. So that's just a little bit of the building block of excellence. Uh, there's a lot of great information out there, uh, and depends what you're looking for, but there is great information. And I got a comment on something. As I was sitting here waiting for the show to start, I heard that Britney Spears was getting $15 million for her memoirs, uh, which just is mind-boggling. Uh, she was a cute kid actress, and then, unfortunately, things blew up. But uh, I, I there's so much great information out there. There's so much wisdom uh, in the books, in the writings. in And now, you know, you have the wisdom on tape. Uh, I, I say on tape, but whether it be through uh, podcasts, or whatnot, wisdom of everyday people that have accomplished so much. So I'm going to challenge you, instead of going out there and getting a book by one of these people that you've seen on TV that ultimately make a a nightmare of their life and the people around them, look for somebody local. Go find a book on on Johnny Lunchbucket, and that's what I consider myself, blue-collar guy that wasn't dealt a great hand was dealt a crappy hand, but guess what? I bluffed life and made an awesome, thriving life for myself and my family. So go out there and look for those books. Go out and look for those people. They're, they're great inspirations. Uh, some of them are more local than you think. You don't have to pay somebody $25,000 or $50,000 to do a speech at your conference to do a speech at your school or university. There are amazing speakers out there. If you're looking to get a speaker to talk at at an event, to be a keynote speaker, they're they're out there and it doesn't have to be a name that you saw on TV. Trust me, there's plenty of people out there. I promise you, you just got to ask a few questions. There's people out there that have heard them. There's people out there that have seen them and listened to them. So put... Put your money locally, and I'm not saying that these big-time names aren't worth it. I'm sure they're worth every penny if you're willing to pay that, but I truly don't know if you're getting that kind of return on your investment when you think about it. So just just a thought that just came up to me, and I've been like, I've got to make a comment towards that. So just something to uh, chew on. So how are you taking your own advice? You know, I have made a living and an awesome career on providing people with not just my advice, and my advice is based not on what I think. Most of my advice is based on what I have learned from other people, um, from my grandparents to my parents to my wife and, and family, my sisters and whatnot, I, 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 I strive to learn. I'm that guy that wants to learn. I'm that guy that, you know, asks those questions. I've always been that guy. You know, the, you know, why guy. Call me the why guy if you want. You know, why does this happen? Why does that happen? You know, why does a, a brown cow eat green grass and produce white milk and yellow cheese? Figure that one out. I haven't figured it out, but I am the why guy. And the one thing I have have to admit I'm not very good at is taking my own advice. And it's something I've got to learn to be better at because I am awesome at putting a book together about advice on different topics. And I can help you with your needs. I can help you grow. I can help you with your leadership skills. I can help hold you accountable. Um, But it's funny, uh, sometimes I need to listen to my own advice. I think we're all a bit guilty of that, that we need to listen to our own advice sometimes and take that advice just like we were giving it. So something to think about, are you good at taking your own advice or do you need help taking your own advice like I do? Because I certainly need help taking my own advice. That being said, I want to talk about three things if you're trying to grow a team. And, and, and being an entrepreneur is, is a growing opportunity now, more than we've ever seen. Not that being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur is new, but it's, it's huge now. So what do you have to do to grow your business? What do you have to do to attract these A players to your team? Because ultimately, that's what you want, right? Because we are the sum of the five people that we surround ourselves with, you know, to a huge degree. So, who do you want to surround yourself with? And I mean, I could, I'm sure there's a long list, but I want to talk about three things. And one is belief. You know, every single person that you bring into your circle that you attract, you want to make sure they believe they're champions. You know, that in most of these people, these players, let's call them players or associates, believe they were championships even before the game started. If you don't think you're a championship already, you'll fold probably before you even start. I think a lot of people believe they're champions. They just know it's in them. They just haven't gotten to that point, and that's awesome. Most of us haven't, myself included. But... To get to that highest level, let alone win at this highest level, you need this unshakable belief in yourself. Just And and, and the people you surround yourself, they need to have this unshakable belief in themselves. So that would be number one, this belief, this unshakable belief. And I'm talking about a modest belief, not a cocky belief, but a belief that they know that they can be better. They know they could be great. They, they might just have not gotten there yet, which most of us, this is a journey for us. And, and it's an, it can be an awesome journey. But if you're looking to create that team, even create that team around your family, belief is a huge component. The next one is certainty. So to be a champion, you really have to have uh, this certainty to go all in. You've got to be willing to give it 100%, to not be afraid to take the swings when you're at the plate, to not be afraid to to throw the ball, to not be afraid to take the chances. Because you can bet, I'll use it as an example, the Rams, when they played in the Super Bowl, they had a certainty about them on that drive to move forward, especially at the end of the game. It's, it's something that doesn't come overnight. It's something that doesn't come easily. But the certainty slash confidence is something you definitely need. And it is something you grow. It's not something that happens in one event. It's not something that happens overnight. But it is a quality you want in putting your A-plus team together. And I think the last the last one, the third one, And this applies to so many of us because it applies not just to business, not just to entrepreneurs, not to athletics. It applies as much to our daily life as it does anybody. But this is the ability to adapt, adjust, and to execute, right? Life doesn't go in this perfect straight line with a sign that says, oh, bump here, might get a little bumpy. Um, You know, life throws crap at us whenever it decides to. And it's usually not in an opportune time. So when you're trying to, you know, work or compete at a high level, don't forget this. Your competition is out there working just as hard as you are. And I guarantee things are going to go wrong, just like getting knocked down is going to happen. And you just can't have one plan of action. You need plan B, you need plan C, and maybe a contingency plan that nobody knows about. But you need contingency plans. If this happens, we do this. If that happens, we do that. If things go wrong, this is how we bounce back. That's what you need to have. That's It's going to happen. It's not when or if, but you will need those contingency plans, not just in business, but in life. And in our personal lives, we need them all the time. So... In order to create that A team, keep these three things in mind. I know it's a short list and it's not an all-inclusive list by any example, but it's a list that you can start with. It's a list you can think about. And I would tell you that what makes the difference between those who are winning and those who are watching are having these plans and having these contingency plans being able to adapt, to adjust. So set your goals, set your intentions high, and become the leader who attracts those A players into your team, whether that's business, whether that's athletics, whether that's a side hustle. You want A people surrounding you. You want them in your life. You need them to believe, to have certainty, and have the flexibility to execute and go all in rather than sit on the sidelines and wait for the perfect moment. Because I'm going to tell you, the perfect moment never comes. It just doesn't. We wish it would. You can wait for it. Your doorbell's not going to ring. Your phone's not going to ring. There is no perfect moment. All righty, with that being said, I think we'll get a little word from our sponsors. Uh, We, again, I'm going to tell you, I, I have had some great sponsors If you're a local business, a local entrepreneur, and you're looking to sponsor the All Things Inspirational Show with Brian P. Swift, please reach out to me at bswift62 at aol.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, but reach out to me. I'd be glad to have a conversation. Uh, I guarantee that you will like being a sponsor and you will benefit from it. So. After that, a word from our sponsors. Thank you very much. Off discount. Hey, hello. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed uh, a little word from our sponsors. Please keep them in mind if you need any of their services. Uh, They're all awesome and local. So I am not a big poem guy. Uh, I read a poem about a month ago, and it wasn't for for a great event. It was actually a sad event, but um, the poem resonated with me, and it was on point to the point I was needing to make about an amazing man who lived an amazing life, and I since have heard so many people talk about that poem and refer to it uh, and ask about it. So... I'm I'm going to read it to short, but it is it is deep, and I hope you're ready for a little deepness. But it's a it's a poem by Tecumseh, a great warrior, and it kind of and it goes like this: So live your life that the fear of death can never enter your heart. Trouble no one about their religion. Respect others and their views, and demand that they respect yours. Love your life, perfect your life, beautify all things in your life. Seek to make your life long and its purpose in the service of your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. And always give a word or sign of sal- salute when meeting or passing a friend, even a stranger when in a lonely place. Show respect to all people and grovel to none. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault only lies in yourself. Abuse no one and no thing, for abuse turns the wise ones to fools and robs the spirit of its vision. When it comes your time to die, be not like those hearts that are filled with fear of death, so that when their time comes, they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in a different way. Sing your Death Song, and Die Like a Hero Going Home. It's a, it's a poem I read actually at my, my father's wake, and it just fit perfectly because he embodied this type of lifestyle, and I've been blessed to have this type of lifestyle um, passed down to me. And please think, think about those words, man. Our lives are so short. We have such a short time to do so much we have so much we we are so limitless it is amazing how limitless we truly are but we are limitless if you really think about it uh, why is it that we're all born with this limitless potential yet few people fu- uh, few people fulfill those possibilities i mean we live in a world of this crazy exponential change in an ability to touch information and knowledge, some wisdom. Uh, It's ever going to be ever-increasing complex. And and the power rests really in those who act, especially those who act with self-determination, persistence, and grit. So our our motivation really is one of our most valuable commodities. Uh, It multiplied only by action As I tell people, you know, you could talk and talk and talk, but without action. Your speech and your thoughts only have so much power, but we need to invest our attention to our actions. So some of our motives to act are biological. So, uh, while some of them have a personal or social origin, we're, you know, let's face it, we're all motivated, right to seek food, water. Sex, but our behavior is also influenced by things like social approval, acceptance, and the need to achieve, and the motivation to take or avoid risks, to name a few. I know personally, I am so driven by helping others. I'm driven by achieving. I, I don't worry about acceptance. I don't worry about approval. Um, I, I don't think I do anything that needs those type of motives. So I am driven, know why you're driven. So some of these core concepts uh, of of motivation I want to talk about because there are different things that motivate us and and one of them is called drive motivation. So, you know, we we have obviously a uh, nervous system that produces hormones uh, that create certain feelings in us. They create energy, they create happiness. This explains why motivation is often, I guess, conceptualized in terms of drives, otherwise known as internal state of being. You know, when people get out of balance, they feel that, you know, there's something going wrong with them, with with these type of hormones in each of us. And things that you could do to create those feel-good horm- hormones like dopamine – is exercise, and I exercise whenever I can, even if it's 10 minutes here or 10 minutes there, because that will drive certain hormones to react in you and create certain feelings. But these needs, these internal needs, these internal motives, are what really drive our behavior. They generate this necessity and this, in this, ultimately this maintenance of life in psychological needs for the promotion of growth and well-being and other implicit needs that we all seem to have just through our, our simple genetics. So the the drive theory of motivation basically tells us that psychology needs to originate, and that this originates in our body and that we can control that by some of the actions we do. So keep that in mind. Think about your actions. Think about how our brain gets activated and drives us, and and we create cravings a lot through our actions. And, of course, that's drive motivation. We also have goal motivation. Uh, I think I'm very goal motivated. I like checking off the box. I got it done. So when talking about motivation, topic of goals inevitably comes up, and it is something that I think most of us, creates this need for action and moves us forward, energizes us, directs our behavior in a purposeful way because goals like our mindset and our beliefs and our expectations or the self-concept are intentional in each of us. So when we work from goal motivation, we understand that there will be a pleasure point at the end, right? We know that if we get this done, that we'll feel good about it, whether it's just because it's off the list or we'll feel good because we've accomplished something, whether that we created something or cleaned out something and we've got something done. So we get a lot of motivation generated by goals and that's awesome. Anything that moves you forward and makes you feel good, uh, that's productive is a great thing. So the concept Next of really motivation uh, is very closely related to emotions. Both and, and actually both these words are derived from the same Latin root that means to move. So emotions are considered motivational states because they generate bursts of energy. They get our attention. They cause our reactions to be significant in our lives. So it, when you think about it, emotions... automatically and rapidly uh, synchronize in our systems to create very similar things in each of us, whether that's feelings, whether it's arousal, purpose, or expression. These are emotions that drive all of us, and it's not anything that you really can control in terms of those feelings But what we need to do is identify when we get these feelings, what's causing these feelings, and what we can do to continue driving the right feelings in the right way. So, motivation of personality, you know, I I think our personalities drive us all differently. And I know there's a lot of theories and research on personalities and do these relate to how we are emotionally? And there is some correlation, but... You know, because some of us are extroverts, right? Some of us are introverts. And that doesn't mean an introvert. When you see an introvert, it doesn't mean they're not motivated. This is just their personality type. And they might be motivated by different incentives, different goals in different situations. But that doesn't mean they're not motivated. So these traits, these environmental traits... Yes, there is a correlation on how we're motivated, but again, it doesn't mean we're not motivated based on these traits. And let's be honest, ultimately, we want to be happy. You know, we want to f- have a purpose in life. We want to feel that we can move forward. And that is something we all work hard for. So it sounds funny, but sometimes you have to keep tabs on what's really made you feel good about yourself, what's made you feel motivated, what's made you... Feel inspired. You know, it's it's your story. And your story is meant to be your fuel. So you have to be in charge of your fuel. You have to know what kind of fuel to put in yourself to drive yourself to success and continue to work on that. It's It's not a foreign concept, but it's something we don't think about a lot, but you are responsible for it. You know what, you're, you're not responsible for what happens to you, but you are responsible for how you react and act to it. So keep that in mind. When we get back after a little word from our sponsors, we are going to hear a message from a man that was wise beyond his times, um, de- deals in straightforward, um, there, there is no mixing his messages and uh, just an awesome, funny guy. And I'm sure most of you will know who this is when I come back. So, a word from our sponsors, and, and then I, I have some fun perspective from a, a wise old owl. Off discount. Good afternoon and welcome back. This is Brian P. Swift, and you are at the Inspiration Location. So, I am not a man that is politically correct. And I don't believe in political correctness because I believe it is an abomination of our First Amendment and twists things to meet a certain narrative. And in saying that, I'm going to tell you how to speak about men in a politically correct way. So uh, you ladies might want to really listen to this. You might appreciate this. A little more than us men, but I'm going to give you a handful of ways how to speak politi- politically correct about men. And the first one is, he does not have a beer gut. He has developed a liquid grain storage facility. Keep that in mind. He is not a bad dancer. He is overly Caucasian. He does not get lost all the time. He seeks or investigates alternative destinations. He is not balding. He is experiencing follicle regression. He is not a cradle robber. He prefers generational, differential relationships. And he doesn't get falling down drunk. He becomes accidentally horizontal. I think it's important to understand these terms is not to offend us men out there. I have several more left. I hope you enjoy them. So he is not a male chauvinist pig. He has swine empathy. I think that's very important to understand. There is a difference. He's not afraid of commitment. He is relationship challenged. He just needs some grooming and education. That's all he needs. He is not horny. He is sexually focused. And some men are extremely focused. I happen to be an extremely focused man myself and like to dig into things at an extremely inspirational level. And lastly, but not least, it is not his crack you see hanging out of his pants. It is just simply rear cleavage. And I think it's only fair that men get to show their cleavage also. So in staying politically correct, which, again, is not so much me. I still do like to give out tips for those of you that like to stay politically correct and watch the way things are said and go. So that being said, I gave you a little bit of that, but before I left for our sponsors, I said we're going to hear some good stuff from an old wise owl that was extremely funny in our day and could do it uh, without swearing most of the time, which is a rarity. So I'm going to start reading it and then I'll stop and maybe some of you guys will have guessed who it is, but I will let you know when I'm partially through it. Uh, some of this I know by heart because it's just so true and so amazing and so funny. So here we go. You know, we there's a paradox in our time in, and especially in this time in yeah. history that we have Taller buildings, but shorter tempers. We have wider freeways, but narrower viewpoints. We spend more, but we have less. We buy more, but we enjoy less. We have bigger houses and smaller families, more conveniences, but less time. We have no more degrees, but less sense, more knowledge, but less judgment, more experts, yet more problems and more medicine, but less wellness. All things that are so true, especially at this point in time. We also drink too much, right? We smoke too much. We spend too much reckless time. We laugh too little. We drive too fast. We, we get angry too fast. We stay up too late. We get up too tired. We read too little, watch too much TV, and pray too seldom. Things to think about. I'm not going to give you the name yet. Some of you might have guessed who it is. Some are going to have to listen longer. So we have multiplied our possessions, but we reduced our value. And we talk too much, love too seldom, and hate too often. We've learned how to make a living, but not a life, which is oh so true. We've added years of life, not life to years. We don't live with the years we've added. We've been all the way back to the moon and then back, but have trouble crossing the street to meet a new neighbor. We've conquered outer space, but not our inner space. We've done large things, but not better things. We've cleaned up the air, but we've polluted the soul. We've conquered the atom, but not our prejudice. We write more, but learn less. We plan more, but accomplish less. We've learned to rush, but not to wait. We build more computers to hold more information, to produce more copies than ever, but we communicate less and less. I don't know if you know who this was. He's an absolute joy. It is a message by George Carlin, and he is so right. Um, I, I don't remember or know when he wrote this, but I guarantee it was a long, long time ago, and he was so wise. And uh, I will continue with some more of his wisdom because it's just so true and so interesting. But the in these times of fast food and slow digestion, big men— and small characters. There's steep profits and shallow relationships. These are the days of two incomes. But more divorces. Fancier houses, but more broken homes. These are days of quick trips. Disposable diapers. Throw away morality. One night stands. Overweight bodies. And pills that can do anything and everything from cheer to quiet to kill. It's sad, but this is a time when there is much in the showroom window and nothing in the stockroom. A time when technology can bring this letter to you at a time when you can't choose either to share it or share its insights or to just hit delete and forget about it. But that being said, I'm going to tell you, spend more time with your loved ones because they are not going to be around forever. Remember to say kind words to someone who looks up at you, especially those who look up at you in awe because that little person soon will grow up and leave your side. Remember to give a warm hug to the one next to you because that is a treasure you can give with your heart and doesn't cost a cent. Remember to say, I love you to your partner and to your loved ones, but most of all, mean it. A kiss and an embrace will mend a hurt when it comes from deep inside you. Remember to hold hands and cherish the moments, for someday that person will not be there. This man had a lot of wisdom in it. Give your time and love, give time to speak, give time to share. And precious thoughts, keep the precious thoughts in your mind. So, life is, remember, life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. So, this was by George Carlin, an absolute master of the verbiage. If you have never seen him, I would say this would be somebody that is well worth taking a look at and watching him. Uh, because of the things the things he says, the things uh, that he wrote back in the day are so true today, unfortunately, uh, but these are also things that we can correct. These things can all be changed, and it starts with you like everything does. Everything starts with you. everything starts with me. So if you have a plan, get after that plan. If you need help, go find help. There are plenty of mentors and coaches. And people that are out there that are just love seeing you become successful, love seeing you become part of something bigger than they are. It's out there for you to just grab a hold of. So I recommend that you grab a hold of that. That being said, um, I'm always inspired to help others, to create opportunities, to create that A-team So feel free to reach out to me if there is ever a need. I also ask, reach out um, if you have questions or you would like a topic talked about in any subject. Um, You know, I I can't even sit here and start to tell you all the subjects, whether it be inspiration, whether it be leadership, uh, whether it be how to overcome something, whether it be how to start something, a nonprofit, get involved, whatever that may be. Unleash that person inside you that's waiting to get out, don't wait. Um, I have worked with some people that are, I've worked with people that are in their teens. I've worked with people that are in their 60s that are unleashing themselves now. They're finding that gig, that that thing they finally want to grab onto. Uh, for so, I mean, in, in so many different areas. Um, some of it, uh, and recently I'm seeing a big push, and I don't have all the answers yet, but I'm finding that There are a lot of people out there talking about precious metals and collecting silver. I'm not sure what the buzz is about, but it's something I have to dig into and I find interesting. Of course, the big buzz out there now is crypto, and I uh, am trying to learn about it, but it is such a different topic, and just the theories of it are interesting. But there are some real easy ways to get involved in it. just i have like a lot of people i've got an older son that does a little dabbling and he can explain it in a way that i can understand it so that's that's uh, one of the ways talk to somebody if there's something you want to get involved with if you're looking for a side gig or side hustle as they call it i always have people approaching me with ideas so you know if you're looking for something that's been investigated that People are involved with, I have those. One of them is called 7K. It is about uh, investing in gold. Uh, the other is a, a hot spot that pays you back in, in, in crypto. So there's so many different things out there you can do. You can start. It doesn't matter how old you are or what you know about it. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to go on that journey. It's never too late to chase your dreams. It's never too late to create those big goals for yourself. I'm always creating big goals and trying new things. Actually, five years ago, I shattered both my femurs. I spent four months in a hospital bed in my family room. And I had a friend call me, and he was all excited that he signed up for a triathlon. And after talking a little while, I'm like, sign me up. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, um, you know, next week, I can get out of the hospital bed. I can start you know, therapy on my legs uh, and uh, is a quadriplegic. All I could move is my arms. I said, sign me up. You could do it as a team. So I started lifting weights in bed. And when I got up into my wheelchair, I started doing mass amounts of reps with weights and hand cycle and told two of my kids, you're going to do a 13-mile bike. The other one's going to do a three-mile run. And I signed up for a triathlon, my first one never done it before. So I was going to do the quarter mile swim. So it was six weeks away. In six weeks, I had an opportunity to get into my sister's pool and practice swimming. I had an opportunity to get to a lake and practice in the lake, which is way different than a pool, even though it was not a big lake and there wasn't a lot of uh, waves. It is crazy different. And for the first week, I could barely do the length of the pool because I could not get my breathing and my swimming strokes straight. So I just kept at it and kept at it. And about six weeks later, later, there we are at the starting line, and they start with the swim. And my only goal was to not be the last one out of the water. That being said, so they start me, and it's a quarter mile they start me 2 minutes before everybody else so i get started the whistle is off or the gun that i get started and i'm swimming. and i also i can hear that other people are in the water it's it's such an it's it's a different sound but you could tell you can just hear that echo of people swimming and about a minute or two later all of a sudden i could you know i can hear them i could see them i'm being splashed or creating wakes and i am just Push myself as hard as I can. Thank gosh I got my breathing down because that was so key to be able to breathe in without gulping water. And sure enough, you know, the the arms start burning and I haven't even crossed the halfway point. And I'm just looking up at the blue sky, trying to remember my goals, trying to put stuff in my mind instead of concentrating on my the pain. And I finally crossed the halfway mark and I'm just... Swimming as fast as I can, which probably was as slow as a turtle, but all of a sudden, I can hear the people on the, the shore and can hear the clapping, and I can hear my name being called, and all the, all the people wishing me well, and all of a sudden, I felt my hand hit the bottom, and I had finished, and all I wanted to do was look up to see if there was anybody else in the water, because that was my one goal. I knew I would finish. I looked up, and I was not the last one out of the water. That was my goal. That's what happened. Actually, I finished in not bad time, but I don't know what bad time is for a quadriplegic. But I finished, and then my kids went off, hit the bike, hit the, hit the trail, and we're gone. And we had an awesome race. I never thought I'd be doing a triathlon. I've done it several years after that. It, the triathlon is what it does is the fundraiser for the veterans, a veteran's home. So it was a pleasure to do and help the veterans home. Don't limit yourself. Don't stop yourself from trying anything. I promise you. Set your mind to it. Set goals and go chase it down. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Brian P. Swift, aka Quadfather, All Things Inspirational show. Again, don't don't feel like you can't reach out to me for anything. You guys have a great Wednesday. Take care and God.